You are listening to True To You Radio, your home for abundance, awareness, appreciation, and acceptance. Visit us online at truetoyouradio.com. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Heart Dancing Radio Show, where we explore and learn what it means to live from your heart, not your head. And for those of you not quite familiar with heart dancing, it's a process of unlearning the world's messages and remembering your authentic self. When you start listening to the world's definition of happiness and success, at some point you may realize that you're never going to be happy. You're never going to be satisfied. There's always going to be something more to strive for or obtain. Heart dancing is a different way of looking at your world and looking at yourself. It's a way to return to your soul, the source of unconditional love. And the heart dancing mantra is, let love lead. And you'll understand more about that as you join me in the dance. Love knows the way. You just have to follow. Heart dancing. Welcome to the Heart Dancing Radio Show, where we explore what it means to live authentically, create deliberately, and dance with life. Heart Dancing guests share their struggles, their triumphs, and most importantly, their humanity, so our listeners can learn, grow, and connect. Today, we have a very special guest who will help us meet those goals to learn, grow, and connect. Camille DeSalm is the author of Tea and Cookies, How I Welcome My Jabberwock, and she has been practicing and sharing a creative type of meditation that she developed for the last 20 years called the Clear Path Process, and she teaches that to individuals and groups, and what the Clear Path Process does is release blocks from your life so you can create greater freedom, choice, and peace. Uh, Camille is also certified in inner guide meditation, and that is where the clear path process evolved from. So we're going to be talking to Camille about how she developed the clear path process, how she helps her clients, and basically just what's making her dance in, with life. So Camille, welcome to the Heart Dancing Radio Show. Thank you, Catherine. Yes. Um, yeah, thank you. I'm so glad to have you here. Can you tell us just a little bit about your background before we get into your work? Yes. Yes. I grew up in Dallas. I'm a native Texan. I got a, my college degree is in mathematics. Really? And I, wrote, and I wrote software for about 16, 17 years. So I have a, I have a math and technical background education and career-wise up until about 2001 mm-hmm. and I so that's that's just the personal background right yeah okay so as a mathematician if I can call you that can I call you a mathematician or former sure, math, sure. former mathematician former mathematician sure all right um, that's a very linear process I'm assuming yes. very less yes. 
left brain, logical, uh, analytical. And so now what you're doing is sounds like more right brain, intuitive, free flowing fluid. Would you agree with that? It, yes, it, it, except except the, the it, since it's a process, there there is um, some linearness to it. Although it's not it's not a one step after another type process. It's it's way too flexible for that. But yeah, on the surface, it certainly looks like math and and computer software right. are are more uh, analytical. Um, cut and dry type things, although they're 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 not necessarily. There's a lot of creativity in software programming. Right, right. So. I understand that, but just surface level. Um, yes, absolutely. Look, they look totally different. Right, <laughs> right. So, how was it that you moved from mathematician, you know, math and software uh, creation to developing this meditation? I got severely frustrated. Is what happened. Okay. I, got severely frustrated with with um, how my personal relationships, you know, the major relationships with men, with boyfriends, with uh, were going, and and it, and what happened is in like the latter part of the eighties, mid eighties, I realized that I started looking. I just sat down, so frustrated one day, and I started looking at the three major relationships I had been in up to that point. So I, at that point was in my latter twenties and I was, and I finally realized I was trying to, I was trying to do an analysis on the relationships. And I finally realized that, you know, the one thing that absolutely was totally in common, common in these relationships was that I was in them. <laughs> I was the common denominator. Uh-huh. And, and, and I thought, okay, if and the men were similar. And I thought if I could just be attracted to a different kind of man, you know, and it's not, you think there's no way you're attracted to what you're attracted to. But I thought there has absolutely got to be a way because I'm not doing this anymore. I'm so frustrated. All right. And what happened was, what, whatever you want to call it, fate, kismet, your fairy godmother, God, spirit, creation answered, the universe answered my prayer. Because I said, there's got to be a way. i got to find it. And a friend of mine pointed me to a weekend course where you, they teach you to look inside yourself at what's going on and why you are, what your basic beliefs are that are creating the, the things that are going on in your life. And that started me on uh, an inner journey. And then in the mid-90s, so that was my start of shifting. Right. And in the mid-90s, I started learning the inner guide meditation and developed the process I use now out of it. All right. Well, good. Well, that that's so funny. You just got frustrated with men. I was I was so frustrated with just I I felt like I kept doing the same relationship different versions of it you know and I was I was doing my parents relationship right which is of course what I saw growing up sure well that's what everybody sees and you know kudos for you to you that you recognize wait a minute it's not them it's coming from me Mm -hmm. and I've got to do my own inner work if I want to be with the kind of person that makes me happy. Yeah. But, but it's so easy to look outside and say, no, it's your fault. It's your problem. You change. I'm fine. Which is what I had done for the years before, of course. Right, right. Yeah. Right. No, I, I totally get that. And yeah. so once you start looking inside yourself, did you find that kind of one thing led to another, led to another, and you just kind of expanded this inner awareness? Absolutely. 
because that's what happened to me. I was very frustrated with my career and just not happy, but you kind of get trapped in the what you have been trained to do and what you think you're capable of doing. And it's for me, it was going inside and realizing, wait a minute, I've got this huge capacity to teach people, to touch people, to connect with them, and to write. So that's kind of where I shifted and have come, gone more into um, kind of self-development and positive improvement. So I didn't know if you kind of had that same uh, journey or tell me about your journey. It sounds, it sounds, uh, it sounds similar. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. What, what, what are you wondering about my journey? Well, you know, after you discovered and went through this weekend course and, and started looking inside yourself and then found the inner guidance meditation, mm-hmm. what, what did you start noticing changes in your life because of what you were doing on the inside? Oh, yes. Initially, and I want to I I absolutely credit the Mortal Life Foundation, for, which is who put on that weekend course. And they do a bunch of other different courses. But I want to credit them because... I continue to do that work because, you know, if you have processes that work and you don't use them, it they don't work. They don't work for you. So I continue to do that, and that helped. And then the, the meditation helped further. But what I saw changes in is exactly what I wanted to change in more most immediately was my beliefs about men and relationships mm-hmm. and what was love and what wasn't. And I changed those basic beliefs and – I ended up um, starting to date a man that was so different from those I had dated before. Now, later on, I realized there were one or two patterns that were still the same. Well, of course, you can't catch them all in the first, well, in the first few years you tried. Sure. Uh, but I, I not only changed the type of man I was attracted to and seriously changed it. I mean, it was just it was amazing. Um, but I also... Uh, began to trust myself more because I was listening to myself uh-huh. and I was working my, with myself in a positive way. Right. Those are those are two of the huge changes I noticed. Right. And then all of that inner work is affirmed in your life, so mm-hmm. it just creates this what I call the dance. Um, I love that. You know, that's the part of heart dancing is when you start becoming authentic internally and knowing yourself and trusting yourself and loving yourself, the outer is going to dance with you in that way. Yes. And it's going to show up differently. So, yeah. So that's great. Well, um, if you could say the name of the the company that put on the seminar again, I didn't quite catch it. It's more to more to life, and the and the website's more to life dot org. Okay, thank you. And they do they do weekend courses and weekend courses worldwide. Hmm. Great. Well, thank you for. The, I'm sure they appreciate that shout out. Um, I know that you've also written a book. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Well, you were you were wondering about the title, Team Cookies: How I Welcome My Jabberwock. The latter part is a reference to Lewis Carroll's poem, Jabberwock, The Jabberwock, and in it, a man slays a monster, and his father is so proud of him and congratulates him, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, let's not slay our monsters, let's see why we've created these monsters for ourselves and work with them, and so tea and cookies is one way in this creative meditation, the clear path process, is one way you can welcome these parts of yourself that you've been fighting. You create a 
um, a hospitable environment for these parts of yourself to come up. Mm-hmm. Now, another thing is not only are you saying to this part of yourself, I'm offering you food and drink. You're basically saying, I'm offering you, what do you need from me? So you're welcoming them, but as in the hostess or host role, when you're giving a party, it puts you in a position not of power, but of authority, and and you sort of feel in control of your environment, hmm. you know, if you're putting on the party. Because it's your space that you've invited. Because it's your space, and okay. you're setting it up for those to come in. And, and this can help if you are beginning to interact with parts of yourself that you've been fighting with or haven't seen before. And it can help you because simply because it can boost your confidence. Wow. I don't think I've ever heard anyone describe inner work like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Debbie Ford. She has since passed away, but she has a book out, Shadow Work or Shadow Selves. I can't remember the exact title, but it's something similar where she um, encourages you to invite your shadow to, to come and say, what is it you're trying to teach me? Because those parts that we don't want to look at, there is a lesson there. There is something to be learned. And the more you resist learning that lesson, the more it shows up. Yes. And I heard someone describe it once as first you get hit on the head with a Nerf ball. <laughs> and then, then you get the soccer ball. And eventually you, what you want to do is avoid the baseball bat or iron skillet. Yeah. <laughs> So having that dark part of yourself, if I can call it that, over for tea and cookies, hopefully you avoid that very destructive, you know, if you keep the, it's not an inevitable, but it could be. Yeah. Yeah. So the tea and cookies, that's interesting. Um, Is that all part of the meditation or are there uh, like worksheets or how do you, how do you embody that? How do you teach that? Oh, I teach it. How do I teach it? I teach it. I te- when I teach it when I speak, I teach it. And when I speak, uh, attendees can can practice the process. We we dip our toes in and go a little further into the process during the presentation. But I when I teach it one on one, I step the people through the process. So so and since there are so many avenues you can take when you're looking inside yourself. I, and I've learned what has worked for me and for some other people I've worked with and what doesn't seem to work well. So I will listen for when someone's giving me feedback about what's going on when they're looking inside themselves. I will listen for phrasing, wording. I'll look at how their body is reacting, what's going on with their face, to see if I think they're having difficulty or if things seem to be going smoothly. Okay. And is this the clear path process? That's the clear path process. Well, let's talk about that. Can you describe that for the audience? I mean, oh, how there are, yes, yeah, there I are mean, so many ways to describe it. Okay, well, let me narrow my question. That was really yes. a broad question. If I were to meet you for the first time and ask you what you did, what would you say? I would say I teach the clear path process to people who are tired of of feeling helpless, feeling like a victim, procrastinating at work, they're tired of relationship problems, they're tired of some of their own habits, you know, and they're they're yearning for a way to alter them. 
And with the Clear Path process, I teach them a method they can use almost anytime, almost anywhere, to take a few moments, and maybe two minutes if that's all the time you have, and maybe 20 if that's the time it takes, to stop, be quiet, close your eyes, look inside yourself, ask that part of yourself to come up, to tell you what it's really good reason, perceived good reason, what it's doing for you, and then have reprogram it, rework it, give it a new job, however you want to say it, so that the assets of that aspect of yourself are used and the liabilities are not. Now, a good reason for something might be if someone is feeling helpless or finding themselves consistently in sort of a victim role, then what might be going on, this is just one example, is they might be trying to keep themselves safe by playing, quote, playing small. Yes. And not really taking, letting other people make decisions so that they aren't blamed when things go wrong, you know, or they don't have to make difficult decisions. These are, these are ways to keep themselves safe. And there's nothing wrong with being safe to a point, but when it becomes a problem, that's when you might need to address it. Okay. That's, that's really interesting. So is this sort of a form of meditation, the clear path process? I call it that because I am so used to calling calling it that. And other people would would call it something else. It can be like a guided meditation. In some guided meditations, whoever is guiding it will walk you through going to a place where you might get a scene, see a Mm -hmm. scene. And I do in the clear path process, I see a scene, a landscape. Um, And I interact with figures that represent this subconscious part of myself that's now coming up into my conscious for me to interact with. And so it's visual, it's auditory, it's sensory in other ways. And for that reason, some people call it a meditation, some people don't, wouldn't. Well, I can see how it would kind of fit into both in more (laughs) than one category. (laughs) Right. So um, if I were to come to you and say, Camille, I really want to know more about this, how would you teach me? Is it one-on-one or can you do it over the Internet? How does that work? I plan to work with people over Skype. I have worked with people one-on-one in person. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who's now across the world, but she, she was in Austin, so we would work over Skype. And she support me and I support her, and we both are skilled in ways to do that. And I will work. I haven't worked in small groups yet. I will. I want to work in small groups of, say, three or four. But if one person comes to me one-on-one and they haven't, they have not done any such work before, they might benefit from reading the first three chapters, at least, of my book first, so that they understand and have examples from the book, using, which uses real-life examples. They have examples and they have an idea of what what happens. Otherwise, I would give them a... Uh, encapsulated version of what to expect or what might happen. Okay. And then I would walk them through the process, step them through, and they would give me feedback as they went through. And you would kind of guide them as they're telling you what they're experiencing. Is that right? Absolutely, yes. And is the goal for them to eventually be able to do that themselves whenever they maybe feel tightened up or, or small or limited or anxious that they could take a moment, stop, and do this uh, inner work? That is absolutely the goal because I want everyone to be able to – I want everyone for whom this resonates to, be, to have something they can use whenever 
they can to increase their personal power, increase their inner peace, because they're no longer fighting with themselves, and, and make it so that they can handle whatever situation they're in more easily, more constructively, and more happily. Right. Right. Well, that sounds like that's such a gift to people. Um, and I know you've been sharing this now for quite a while. Is that correct? Well, I've been, share, I've been sharing it in bits and pieces for years. And more one-on-one. When I was married, my husband did the inner guide meditation, so we worked with each other. Okay. And, and, but I, and I do it more intensely with not a lot of people, but I, I have been phasing down my copy editing business, which I've done for the past five years, and I'm still doing some, and I published my book in June, and Jeb just started this as a business. Okay, so it's it's kind of been in the background, but now you're bringing it out to the foreground. It's been in the background for for the public. For me, it's an integral part of my life. It's been an integral part of my life for 20 years. Of course, but you're now turning outward and sharing it with other people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Well, I know um, you're going to make a big change in the world. You're going to affect so I many people. Some sort of change in the world. <laughs> I understand. Um, Where can people find you on the Internet? They can find me at CamilleBassam.com or at ClearPathProcess.com. Okay. And the book is available on Amazon and at BarnesandNoble.com. Right, right. That sounds great. Well, let me ask you in the information you sent me, um, where was it? Something Okay, here it is. You said uh, that you've had a lot of years of experimentation and an evolution of these methods, but there was one day two years ago. When it, was, yeah, go ahead. And if you want me to read it, I can, but do you remember what I'm referring yes, to? Yes, I think this is what you're referring to. I was sitting at, was sitting having breakfast or lunch or something, and all of a sudden I was just in, I was in pain. I was not in physical pain. I was just in inner pain. And I thought, what is it? And I went, I cannot. It, it now, it just hurts to not be who I am. Is that what you're referring to when I, when I started writing my book? Yes. Because I had not really talked about this much. I just experimented in myself and with a few people, you know, talking about the process and working with them. And it was, it was just starting to hurt me to not talk about it. Is that what you're referring to? Yes. Yeah. So, so you felt physical pain. Well, I felt it's more like, you know, when the gut tightens and the throat tightens and you, you just feel this anguish. Yeah. Wow. And is yeah, that was so sad? <laughs> no, no. I was, no. but I was sad. I was sad because I felt like I had been covering myself up. But that pain made you look at what was underneath. It was. It really made me aware that I needed to speak more and actually write my book. So it was the it was the uh, spark, I guess, the catalyst yes. for yes, you to to begin bringing this work out to other people. Yes. Yeah. Well, good. Well, I know that probably wasn't much fun to go through, but I'm glad you had that experience. Well, thank goodness it was brief. And I, you know, thank goodness it was very, very brief because I thought, I just said to myself, okay, I mean, it was, it may have lasted a minute, 30 seconds. And before I said, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hide myself anymore. I'll do it. Right. 
And yeah. isn't isn't that so freeing to say I'm yeah. not going to hide myself anymore? Yeah. 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 Because this is such an odd thing to talk about when I first started doing it in the mid 90s. You know, it was such an odd thing. And even in the early 2000s and so many more people are talking about this type of work now that it's not such an odd thing. But before when I talked about it, I was something of an oddity. So I learned not to talk about it a lot. Mm -hmm. And it shifted. The sort of the cultural view has shifted now. Right. So you feel like it's much easier and much more accepted to share these ideas and these concepts? It has made, yes, and thank goodness, because I was going to do it anyway. It just makes it easier. Right, right. Yeah. Well, what do you have on the horizon? What are your, what are your plans? What do you, what do you I, want to? My plans are to increase my, my public speaking and to, and just to work with as many people as I can. Okay. Okay. Those are my plans. Great. Yeah. And I know, on again, going back to the information you sent me, um, you have three different presentations that you could give if you were to speak in front of a group or on a webinar. Mm-hmm. I I really can. I have a speaker sheet, which is what you're referring to, I believe. Yes. And I have I listed I listed presentations in there because I wanted to give some specifics about what I can do, and. But the thing is, I can adjust a presentations to a group's needs. But, but I put, one is to release fear to live a happier life. Well, we all want that. And right. finding, finding your inner calm when things are not calm. And releasing yourself from the victim role to harness your inner power. So those are the three listed there. Yeah. And each one sounds fascinating. Uh, well, thanks. Yeah, Thank you. the third one is what really caught my eye um, mm-hmm. because I struggled for a long time with, uh, you know, adopting and mastering the victim role. And, oh, goodness. Yeah, oh, yeah. And it wasn't until I realized, you know, you kind of have that aha moment like, why? Why am I doing this? Why do I think everything's happening to me? And when you realize that, wait a minute, I need to work on myself and what I believe, as you did, what you shared, um, as I change those beliefs and have them become more authentic and real and and love-based as opposed to fear-based, yeah. then my life shifted. And so that's how I developed my technique, my process called story alchemy, which is a way to take those limiting stories that you tell yourself you know, when you um, come against a situation that's uh, it's a habitual story. Yes. So uh, for me, if I put out a, a product or something and it didn't make money, my habitual story was, yo, well, it just wasn't worth it or it didn't have value. You know, it's something that negative come on back of myself. But the story alchemy process kind of takes you through that and you basically forgive yourself and reframe that story because we all tell stories. Yes, we all do. we all interpret what's happening to us. So why not tell the best story you can and the most empowering story you can for you that's true for you? Now you know you're not creating, you're not making up things, you're not um, being false. It's what resonates with you. So in my example of maybe I put out a product that didn't attract attention. Well, it wasn't that the value wasn't there. It was because I didn't do the marketing, for example. Or I just didn't reach my target audience or, you know, hundreds of reasons. But 
you know, before I would always take the, the road or the uh, perspective of it, it doesn't have value. I should just quit. And oh. you see what I'm saying? As a, yeah, as I'm a, so glad you talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I know there's a, you see a lot of victim thinking out in the world. And to me, everyone is their own, is so capable of creating such a wonderful life. And it, and I know this sounds like a shocking statement, but it doesn't matter what the circumstance is. You can create a life you love. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's why I have this show. That's why I have guests like you on. And I just love to hear what other people have discovered in their journey that have helped them lead those happier lives. So I really appreciate you uh, being on the show, Camille. This has been fun. It has been fun. I'm so glad you talked about story alchemy and that you said the first step was to forgive yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah, it yeah. is. Um, and, you know, be compassionate. Right. <laughs> Um, I don't know about you, but, you know, I was I was raised with the thought that, you know, basically you had to be not perfect, but you had to strive for perfection. And women really take that message to heart. Um, and I think they punish themselves because you can't be perfect. I don't know if you've come across that or not. I have. Yeah, I have. I learned the same lesson. Right. And, you sure know, enough. to be the, yeah. the, the good girl and, you know, be the perfect child, et cetera, et cetera. And it's it's when you realize, wait a minute, I'm not perfect and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That kind of that freedom opens up, like what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that says it all. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that does. It does. And so I'm gl- I'm so glad that you are out in the world teaching your process, the clear path process, because as people change their own beliefs internally and and kind of address those areas that they've been avoiding, they will step more into their on- authenticity. Yeah. Yes, it's true. It's true. I'm glad I'm I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, so thank you so much. Um this has been wonderful, and uh, we are uh, about out of time. So is there anything else you'd like to tell the audience before we sign off? No, but I I just want to say thank you so much for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. And I'm going to go get a copy of your book, Tea and Cookies, How I Found My Jabberwock. That sounds fascinating. So, and everyone check out Camille on uh, the web, interweb website, uh, Camille DeSalm. And spell your last name for us. It's D-E-S-A-L-M-E. Okay. And the easiest way is just to go to clearpathprocess.com. Right. And I've got the same thing. I always have to spell my name, Katherine Erickson. So I send people to empoweredway.com. It's just it's just easier. Yeah. So thank you. Um, we have been listening uh, and talking about heart dancing and the clear path process. Thank you so much for joining us. And remember the mantra of heart dancing, which is let love lead. If you let love lead, it always brings you back to your heart and to your authenticity. And from that place, your life will be happy and joyous. So thank you so much, and I hope everyone has a blessed and great day. You've been listening to the Heart Dancing Radio Show, where we learn to dance with our hearts, not our heads. And remember, you're now part of the tribe. Be sure and tell your friends about the magic that happens here. Uh, Heart Dancing, it's the only way to live. 